Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Luke 1, verses 39 through 56. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to greet me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Madison, for reading that for us. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's pause to pray again. Lord, thanks for the time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this season that we celebrate. Thank you for, uh, for Jesus. Um, thank you for reaching out to us uh, because of the nature of who you are. And help us to see clearly this morning the things that you would have us see. And we give you all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, so this time of year... Um, I think most people, especially Christians, uh, we enjoy it, and there's all sorts of things that come our way, and um, you think about all the, uh, the Christmas music. My son is one of those guys um, who, like me, um, refuses to listen to Christmas music until Thanksgiving has passed. Uh, because, as you know, it starts, you know, it starts right here in the, I think, early October is when we start hearing that stuff. And uh, everybody's got an opinion on songs, you know, the more modern songs are the, the, the two most polarizing ones, I think. Uh, you know, do you like the Mariah Carey one or are you just sick of hearing that one? Uh, do you like the Taylor Swift one or are you just sick of hearing that one? Uh, but then you also have got the older songs uh, that, you know, is even growing up, I always like, this it just see, rings a little bit different and is that right? Uh, you know, the one that, yeah, we, we all love it, right? Silent Night, Holy Night. Uh, but as we read the description of Jesus' birth, you know, the place was crowded. There's no room in the inn. They're out there in a barn with a bunch of animals. I just go, I don't know how silent that night really was, you know. And then you've got a way in a manger, that whole thing about no crying he makes. Like, how did they, that, where did that come from? That's a, that's a nice thought, but if... Uh, if you have been born, and you have, um, or if you've had a baby, you know that, oh yeah, what, did, what do they think Jesus did? Just kind of came out and said, hey, what's happening? I don't know. You know, you just don't know those things. And then um, over the past, I don't know, really a couple of decades, I believe, you know, some churches um, or other organizations do these big Christmas pageants, 
and they have all these songs, and, and one song, if you went to one of those, is always that song is, uh, is Mary Did You Know, you know? Uh, Mary Did You Know, a uh, very popular song, and I like the song because what it does for us is it causes us to think a little bit about what Mary was thinking, uh, you know, at the birth of her son Jesus, um, and in that song, there's some particulars. Did you know this? Did you know that? And, you know, it's one of the, like, did you know that he was going to walk on water? Did you know he was going to calm the seas? And, and the, the answers to those questions is like, well, the, the, we don't really know. Uh, but I guarantee there are some things that we do know that she knew. I don't believe at all that she knew uh, the particulars of everything that was going to happen in the life of Jesus. And so did she know that he was going to walk on water? I, I bet she didn't know that specifically, you know? And so then, you know, what, so how do you know? Let me give you one example of um, Mary not knowing things. Um, and you get it in Luke chapter 2. I mean, yeah, I really would encourage you guys to open your copy of the Word of God to Luke 1, where we are. But then you get to Luke 2, and you have that story, um, that recollection of, you know, when Jesus goes to the temple, right? So they go, Jesus and his family and a lot of people move from Nazareth down to Jerusalem, and he's in the temple, and then, you know, and here's what we see in that story. Um, hold on, let me find it. One more page flip. Yeah, so we know that Jesus is 12 years old, and then as they were returning, here's what we see in verse 43. It says, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents did not know it. You see? So they did not know everything that was going to go on. And then, so then, even more so, as you move down, so they, they go back to find him. And it takes three days. I mean, it's like a day's journey. I mean, it's a, a lot of time. Can you imagine your 12-year-old who you thought was just kind of with the group? He's no longer with you. So for three days, they're searching him out. And Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the promised one, um, Mary gets up in his face and says, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And so, yes, yeah, so we know just from that story that, yeah, Mary didn't know all the stuff. She didn't know how it was all going to play out. But the things that she did know are the things that we need to know because we all are aware that we do not know the particulars of our life to come. We can plan, we can hope, we can kind of even see a vision for what we think is going to happen, but we really do not know. And then life throws us curveballs. And then at that point, we're stuck with going, do we believe and know what Mary knew? She didn't know the particulars, right? But then she did know some things. She knew who God was. She knew who she was. She knew who she was to God, and she knew how to respond to God. So overall, the specific circumstances that's in her life, she knew greater things. She knew God, who she, and she knew who she was and who she was to God and how to respond. You know, in verse 45, back to chapter 1 where we are in our passage this morning, um, when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, here's what Elizabeth really said about Mary. She said, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So the first thing we want to talk about is the fact that Mary knew who 
God was. So how did she know who God was? And how did we know who God was? It is because we have God has given us gracefully, mercifully, magnificently, He gives us His Word. And Mary knew the Word of God. And as all these things are starting to transpire in her own life, man, she reflects back on some things. Uh, just in our text this morning, look at verse 51 where it says, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And that should, you know, what, you know what she's thinking back on? She's thinking about two verses of Scripture. She's thinking about two things that she knows from God. The first one we can, is going to come on our screens. Deuteronomy 26, verse 8 says, And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And then to Numbers, chapter 10, verse 35, says, And whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. So when Mary's singing the song and she's reflecting, she's reflecting on who she, know that, who she knows that God is. Mary knew who God was, and we should have in parentheses, and still is. Right? Mighty, powerful. And then let's go look, look at verse 52. It says, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Okay, so then you know what Mary's probably reflecting on as she's putting together the pieces here? Most likely Isaiah chapter 2, verse 11, that says, The. The haughty looks of a man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. So Mary's just not making up some words here. She's putting the pieces together, and as she's already been approached by the angel Gabriel, and she's had this visit with Elizabeth, and that's a you know, we read it. That's a bizarre story in and of itself, right? I mean, you know, Mary walks in, and then, you know, Elizabeth's got this baby, and uh, the baby starts to, you know, jump around. And um, it's, it's a wild, wild thing, but the connection. And then Elizabeth starts to speak directly to who Mary is and what's going on. And why? Because we just read. That's because, you know, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So how do we know God? We know God when we're filled with the Spirit. We know God when we, when we look at his word. And then let's go to verse, just pop back up. Who else is God? Um, how does Mary know who he is? Verse 50, where it says, And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Now that word mercy, that is really, the, it's a Greek translation from the Hebrew word hesed. And that definition is loving kindness, faithfulness, loyal love. And so Mary's here saying, hey, that loving kindness, faithfulness, loyal love, mercy is for those who fear him. And that whole thing, fear, we always need to speak about that when we read it because some people uh, in here this morning within the sound of my voice or online may go, oh, what does that mean? Well, here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean I'm terrified of God, Right? But it, doesn't also, it also doesn't mean that we water it down to go, no, it just means respect. Yeah, just respect God, you know, all right? It means something, you know, more in the middle. of We don't have to be terrified of God, you know, but what we should do is hold him up 
magnify him, hold him in awe, you know, revere him. That's what fear of the Lord is. And so really just, I just want to just pause for a second as we move through the rest of this morning's message and this passage. It's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves: is that where we are? Because what we have to understand is that there is a contingency to the promise. It doesn't say in verse 50 that his mercy is for everybody. It doesn't say that. It says his mercy is for those who fear him. And not just back in Mary's day from generation to generation. And we'll talk more about that, right? And so when she says that, she's thinking about God's loving kindness, faithfulness, loyal love. And she's probably going back to me just so many places in the Old Testament that she knew that she could go back to. One of them would be uh, Psalm 105, um, 100 verse 5, where it says, The Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. You know, what did Mary know? She knew God. She knew God through his word. And then this miraculous thing happens. She also knows what God's doing because of what the angel Gabriel had told her. And she also knows who God is and what God's doing because of what Elizabeth spoke, who was filled with the Spirit. But you know what? Mary doesn't then take that point and go, check me out, right? Yeah, I'm the one. That's awesome. Yeah, God chose me because I'm stinging awesome, right? You know, because God, if he's going to send his son, why wouldn't he send his son to like the most rich, wealthiest, powerful person, woman on the world. Why didn't he send her to a queen? Why doesn't he send Jesus to a queen to be born? Why? And we see all over Scripture from the, uh, from the beginning to the end that that's just not how God sees things. Because when people exalt themselves, there's, there's a little bit of a different thing going on. There's no longer this need of this... Uh, of God and his mercy. It's like, I got it taken care of. Check it out. I deserve this. That is not who Mary saw. That's not how Mary saw herself. Verse 48, uh, first part of verse 48 is when she says this, for he has looked on his humble, on the humble estate of his servant. You see, she's poor. When he says, when the Bible tells us about her humble estate yeah, she didn't have a lot of money at all. What does she have to offer? And we see over and over again the humility of Mary. And humility is one of those difficult things where you have to ask yourself, how do you, how do you work at humility? And it really always comes back to understanding the word mercy, understanding that mercy is from, you know, the loving kindness of God that we saw. It always comes from somebody of, of power to somebody who um, is of less power and esteem, to put herself rightly in place as we see the world and as we see God. Because here's what we like to do. We like to always minimize our weaknesses. You know, it's like, oh, I got my weakness here. Hope nobody sees that. Uh, and, you know, we do all sorts of things. Uh, it's always comical to me, uh, you know, if you were to go into um, a job interview and they ask you, okay, well, can you tell me your top three uh, your weaknesses? You know, so what do you do? Do you go, um, well, you got you a lot to weigh out right there. And, you know, if you were doing, there's things online, you go, hey, here's, here's interview skills. And, so, and some, some of those interview skills will tell you this. When you're asked that question about your weakness, say something, like turn your weakness into a strength, you know? Like, yeah, I'm really poor at this, but because I'm poor at this, I'm really great at this instead. Or, or 
they say, hey, just act like you don't have, you know, act like you're, you have a weakness, but make sure it has nothing to do with the job that you're seeking, okay? You know, it's like they're, they're trying to help us, you know, wiggle around the question. And I remember um, watching a TV show one time, and the guy was going, okay, my, my, three, my three biggest weaknesses love too much, I care too deeply, I work too hard, <laughs> you know? It's like, that's what we do. It's like, how can we minimize our weaknesses because we got to show ourselves, yeah, you know, look how awesome I am. Uh, Mary goes, man, he, what did he do? He looked upon me in my humble estate. That's how she knew herself. She knew that was her. So Mary knew who God was. She knew who she was. And here's what else is cool. She knew who she was to God. And that is incredible. You know, let's go back to verses 48 and 49 and read them in its entirety. For he, this is the Lord, has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Gosh, that's so good, right? And when we think about Christmas, you know, we can go one of two directions, and most people kind of blend. You know, you can always go to Santa and elves and in that aspect of, you know, modern-day Christmas celebration, or you can go, no, we're going to go Jesus and nativity. Uh, but even that route is, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't exalt Santa, but we do have this nativity scene, and we're focused on the animals and the no room in the inn and, and all of these things, and all that stuff is good, but I still think we stay short-sighted there. We have, to see, we have to see Christmas in the bigger picture. We have to see Christmas specifically how God sees Mary and how God sees us and why it even happens in the first place. And what I love about the verses that we just read, you have Mary who in her humble estate, who goes, who am I? She's not proud. She's not haughty. And what she does is she says, what does she say exactly? She says, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. He sees me, is what she's saying. Here I am, unworthy of anything, and he sees me. And then she calls him in those verses right there, she calls him mighty. He is mighty. So the one who is mighty, he sees me in my lowly estate. And then what does she say about him? She says that he has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He is holy. And what does that mean? That means he is set apart. That means he is different. So the set-apart one, the mighty one, sees me. Isn't that incredible? And so can you imagine how she felt then, recognizing that? And I tell you, if, you, um, if any of you guys have ever had uh, kids, um, you know, when they're younger especially, and whatever they're in, they're in a dance recital or they've got something going on. You know, it's really funny. Um, you know, when and I love it. When the kids get up there, especially if they get up there, what's the first thing they do? They look to see if their parents are there, right? And then sometimes you see them, they can't find them, and they're doing this until they find the person and ah, they smile. Okay, because the person 
that is mightier than them, just even in an earthly setting, sees them. And how important is that? And if you can even remember that from when you, when you were a child, when you show up to a thing that you've done and it's an accomplishment and somebody that you revere is there and they see you, that's powerful. Now extrapolate that to the almighty, powerful God, maker of heaven and earth, the omega and the alpha, which is the end and the beginning. All right, we usually say it the other way. But, you know, the alpha and the omega, I mean, he sees you in your lowliest state because none of us really deserve for the almighty, powerful God to look down on us and see us that way. How awesome is that? Can you imagine how Mary felt as she just recognizes this? So you have all these things going on. She recognizes, she knows God, she knows who she is, and she knows that God sees her, who she was to God. And then does that just apply to her? Well, it doesn't. So we have to go, okay, Mary also knew this. She knew how to respond to God. So when I just asked a couple of times here this morning, you know, can you imagine what Mary felt? Well, what did she, what, you know, what did she do? Well, let's just go back to our text. Uh, first two verses of Mary's song here, verse 46 and 47, says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, exalts the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So there it is. So, he, so she's going, okay, God is the mighty one. God is the set-apart one. He's the Holy One, and He sees me, and therefore I magnify Him. My spirit rejoices. And I hope that through, you know, especially through this Christmas season, with all the things that that entails, that we get it. Because this is a stressful time, no doubt about it, right? What we've got going on here is we've got, you know, a season, and you guys know that I'm a... Um, most of you know that I also do uh, counseling um, in the middle of the week. And what's, what's interesting, and it happens every year, you know what happens to the counseling load, the, my schedule? It picks up around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Why? Because it's stressful. People are going, trying to figure out how to deal with extended family, and i got to do this, i got to do that, and life just seems overwhelming, and this time is a stressful time. And can you just think through for a second how Mary felt Right when even before our text this morning, when the angel comes to her, Gabriel comes and says, "Hey, here's what's about to go down. Okay, you're about to be pregnant. All right, uh, with, you know, with with ultimately with God Himself, and you're gonna. But can you imagine that? Okay, so in, in my field of work, you can really look at stress in a few different ways. How do you recognize stress? Um, and there is this inventory, this little test. It's been around for a while. Um, and the reason I've always had um, a love-hate relationship with it is because it's called the Holmes Stress Inventory. Uh, the Holmes Rye Life Stress Inventory. It's like, oh, there's a stress inventory, and it collaborates with my own name. So I don't know what that says, all right? But all it is is it gives you this list. Here it is. You can't, you can't see it. There's this list of 43 things. Think about all the stuff we do in life. What are the, what are the and so they basically said, here are the top 43 things that cause someone stress. Okay, and here we go. We got look down this list, and we get to number three: marital separation from mate or spouse. 
Okay, and so you know that when Joseph found out what was going on with Mary, he was, you know, he was considering, okay, maybe I need to back out of this. Okay, so she's got that going on. That's number three. And then you go down to the number seven thing on the list is marriage itself. And at this time, right, Mary is betrothed. She's essentially engaged to be married to Joseph. And so she's got essentially this, this is a separation thing, but we're already engaged. And then you get down two more. Here's what you get. Marital reconciliation with the mate, right? So when we know when, jo- when the angel comes to Joseph and says, hey, man, we, we, you're, you're going to be all right, you know, essentially. So she's got that going on. And then the number 12 most stressful thing, according to this inventory, is pregnancy. <laughs> all right. So if you think about the stress that Mary would have upon her based on this scale, I mean, she's crushing it. <laughs> I mean, she got high stress. We're not even a third of the way through the list here, and she's, uh, and she's nailing a lot of them. And so you have to think about it. Well, you know, how in the world, you know, when she's, you know, she's engaged, but the relationship, you know, there, it's, 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 it's rocky. It might break off, and I'm pregnant. And then, you know, and then but, but I think we're going to reconcile all the stuff that just goes on in this time in her life, if we're going to really stop to consider Mary, you got to think about it. How does she feel? And how does she get past that? What does she do? She, understanding the things that we've talked about this morning, understanding who God is, who she is, who she is to God, and then her response to God is she goes, okay, okay. And so what I want to hear, I'm going to flip my Bible back to, nope. Yeah, so when Gabriel, the angel, comes and tells her about what's to go down, uh, that's in verses 26 of chapter 1 and following. Her response is this, in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. It's amazing. So she, she just, her whole world, and she is like a, I don't know, she's a teenage girl, 14, 15 years old. She gets rocked by all those stressful circumstances. And then essentially she says, um, hey, may it be as you say. Because why? I'm a servant of the Lord. That's how she responds to all of this stress. And then what's also interesting, as, um, as Luke would put it out here, we go, if you're reading through this, you see that what he does is he goes back and forth between, you know, Zechariah and Elizabeth learning about the birth of their baby, which is John the Baptist, and then, you know, uh, and then Mary learning about the birth of Jesus. And, you know, when the same angel goes to Zechariah, where are we at? Where is that? It says, um, yes, back in chapter 1, the angel comes to Zechariah and says, hey, he goes, here's the deal. Um, even though you're old and your wife's old, uh, y'all, y'all gonna have a baby, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really awesome. That's that's what Gabriel said. Um, and then here's what Zechariah says in chapter one, verse eighteen. He said, "How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years." I mean, so he's freaking out, you know. Where, where Mary goes, okay, that's a lot of stuff there. Um, but may it be as you say, for I am the Lord's servant. Zechariah's going, hey, I don't, hey, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that we got to, I don't, I don't get it. So his stress goes off the charts, and then Gabriel says, hey, look, I was sent to you. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to you to bring you good news. 
But, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until, the day, until these things take place because you did not believe my words uh, that will be fulfilled in their time. So you have these two big announcements that we have right here. You've got, you know, Gabriel going to Zechariah, and he's, he's freaking out a little bit. I don't know how this happened. And then Gabriel goes, man, look, if you're going to take it like that, you're know, we just going to make you not talk, right, until it happens. And then he goes to Mary, who takes it in a much different way. And I would say, based on the fact that she, she is a virgin, she's not married, all this, her situation is much more stressful. I would think, than Zechariah's. But she comes forth dealing with stress in the middle of the chaos, calm in the middle of the chaos. That's how she presents herself. And that's only because she knows who God is and who she is, who she is in him. And, you know, that's why her response comes to peace in the middle of problems and worship. She magnifies and she exalts. And she also does this. She also continues to announce who the Lord is and what he's doing. She remembers his promises. Not only is he the things that we've already said, but not only does he have the characteristics of being mighty and holy and merciful, but she also goes, look, this has been a thing that's been coming down for a long time. And if you just go to verses 54 and 55, end of our song, she says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to all of his offspring. You see, here, here's what she's saying there. She's saying, you know, this, this, this was going to play out the whole time. It's not like God has abandoned his promises. He's just showing up right now to say that his promises are going to be fulfilled to Abraham, ultimately all the way down the line, through what's about to happen with Mary amazing, right? She recognizes that God is a God that always keeps his promises. And how many days and years and, you know, centuries where people are going, man, I thought this was going to go down, but where, where are we at, you know? And so that kind of brings us back to ourself. How do you deal with the uncertainty? Because as we just talked about at the beginning, we know that Mary didn't know the particulars you know, of Jesus's life specifically. That's why they're freaking out when they can't find him when he's 12. Hey, what's going on here? But that's okay, you know, because overall, she knows the bigger things. She knows who God is. And there's a difference between God and Santa. <laughs> that's not a too harsh statement to make, right? I mean, you know, we got the song, Santa, you know, he knows what you're doing, all the stuff, and um, and in, that, in, the way, in the way that goes, that, that whole thing plays out. You've got Santa Claus knowing if you've done right or wrong, and that affects how many gifts you're going to get. And, and then, you know, when you're a little kid, your parents may go, oh, don't, I'm going to tell Santa that you did this. And, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'll obey now. You know, you got that whole sort of thing going. And then, you know, after, man, I don't even know if it was around when my kids, you know, recently, now you got the elf on the shelf, you know, <laughs> sitting there going, that's the guy that's going to tell Santa if you're doing good. You know, you got Snoop on a stoop, for those of you who like that. You have all these things, right? But that is not God. You see, God doesn't need any of that. God already knows. God already knows the things that you've done. He knows the things that you've thought. He knows the, you know, the condition of your own heart. And guess what? He's not going, well, if you do enough good things, then. No, he knows exactly who you are. He knows all the sin in your life. But you know what he does? He sees you anyway. And his mercy 
as we've read already, is from generation to generation for those who fear him. So you sit here this morning and you think about, you know, I don't want us to get off on, man, did I do enough good things to get cool things from Santa or not? And I hope that little elf on the shelf didn't see it. Nah, you know, put all that down. God knows and he has mercy extended to you. Why? Because he's mighty and he sees you. And if you are in a place of going, hey, yeah, I hold him up. I revere him. I worship him as the only God. Then guess what? That mercy, that mercy is for you as well. So the promises and the peace that Mary felt in this time that we're reading, it, it can be yours as well. I just hope that you know the Lord Jesus Christ, not just as the baby born in the barn, not just the stuff that we say, yeah, but yeah, but what's bigger than that? Through all of that, God is working his promises from ancient days to right now and in the future. And we don't know how long that future is going to be until, man, we take another turn. You know, when, God can come, when Jesus comes back and all things are made right, we don't know. But here's where we are. And so my hope and prayer is that we, all of us, um, we just know what Mary knew. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thanks for the time this morning. Um, Again, it's a magnificent season. Um, I'm personally humbled, Lord, by the opportunity to um, just to know, just to know who you are. Uh, Lord, and I, I just pray for myself and for all of us as we see our own depravity, that we would um, also see uh, you and your goodness, that we would see you and your strength, that we would see you and your might, that we would see you as holy, the only one, Lord, who could save us. So thank you for coming to earth to that end. We praise you with everything that we have and all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.